Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. Each week we get together and we recap a different book or movie. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we are going to be recapping the live action version of Beauty and the Beast starring Emma Watson. So this was your first time seeing it? It was. It was my first time seeing it. Okay. I need to hear your thoughts really quickly. So uh, first of all, I don't think we could have picked a better Belle. Right. I love that Emma Watson played Belle. I think she nailed it. I love it. I think they could have done better on The Prince. Yeah. As far as casting. But I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, like any Beauty and the Beast, I'm going to be like, yes. It opens up kind of on a, what is it called? Like a prologue, mm-hmm. which is essentially there was this gorgeous prince. And I say gorgeous with like an asterisk on it because he's just. It's italicized. Bitch, he's a four, but he's a prince. You know, it's like <laughs> he's a 10, right? He's a 10. Yeah. In the opening of the movie, we're just we're told that he is this gorgeous prince. And then we see him. We're like, he's a right, like whatever. Like I'd hit it, but I'd hit it and quit it. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming back for seconds. Um, but, you know, the we get the story of Beauty and the Beast, which I think most people know, which is essentially that the prince was a very bad person. Mm-hmm. He was selfish. He was selfish. He was um, not just selfish. He was vain. And also he was cruel, which I Mm -hmm. actually don't remember. Like, like as a kid, I remember knowing that the prince was vain and that Mm -hmm. he cared about looks. But I don't remember him being cruel. I think he was. I think that that kind of it went over our heads as children. You know, if you ever really want to thoroughly ruin your childhood, watch classic Disney movies as an adult. Yeah. (laughs) Rose has made a hobby out of ruining things I love, but it's okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's the kind of hobby where it's like, it's not really hurting anyone. Except for me. (laughs) Except for you. (laughs) It's fine. It's okay. Anyways, I didn't remember him being cruel until I watched this and I was like, wait a minute. No, he was a bad dude. He was... He was cruel in the name of amusement. You know, he was a middle school bully cruel. I don't think there's greater evil or cruelness than a middle school bully. I mean, that really. I live with three of them right now, okay? (laughs) I'm blinking rapidly. I am blinking rapidly, Rose. (laughs) But the way that he's cruel is, number one, he taxes his people who are already poor just so Mm -hmm. that he could live a more lavish lifestyle. Yeah, And then the second way he is cruel, apart from the fact that he only invites the most beautiful people to come be part of the lavish lifestyle, is that one night he's having this grand ball like he usually has in his giant freaking castle in the middle of nowhere. And there's Mm -hmm. a storm outside. Yeah, there's a storm outside. And in comes this hooded figure. This hooded figure essentially asks the prince for like cover from the storm and she's like i'll give you this rose you know in exchange and the prince was like get the fuck out of here well he sees her and it's this old lady with like really deep wrinkles in her face you like an old withered crone yeah and you would think that 
it being an old lady, like if you're really old, you should get a pass on like society's beauty standards. Like if you're right, this lady looked like she was 235 years old. Like give her a fucking break, you know? Yeah. He doesn't give the old lady a pass. He's not even like semi kind. He essentially laughs in her face and tells her to get out. Well, in front of everyone because he's having this giant party and he's really cruel to her in front of everyone. And so, obviously, I mean, she gives him a rose and he throws it at her. And you know what? Pretty bold for a man wearing blush, okay? Like, I'm just saying. I was, like, so weak at this opening sequence uh, because, you know, they're having this fancy ball. Uh They are all dressed like founding fathers in drag. (laughs) I know. It cracks me up. And it's not even, like, good makeup. Like, there was no blending. There was no blending. (laughs) Harsh lines everywhere, (laughs) all right? That foundation is not the right color. Yeah. You need to take several seats, sir, because this... Like, how dare him sit there and judge people when he literally looks like... He looks like George Washington and Jigsaw had a baby. Oh, my gosh. So the... um, What was that? It's the uh, the bad guy in, in the terror movie, Saw. Saw. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're so right. Yeah. They're all terrifying. But yeah. Um. So, okay. Let's go back to the old lady. Yeah. The old lady, you know, offers him the rose in exchange for cover from the storm. And he laughs at her and essentially kicks her out. The old lady transforms because she is actually a witch. Mm -hmm. And so you have to think about the fact that this witch knew what she was doing going in there as an old lady. I mean, she set him up for failure. Like she knew she knew what was going to happen. She knew what was going to happen, but I guess she gave him the she could have just cursed him. You know, she didn't have to give him this test. He decided to be a douche instead. So, I mean, yeah. So everyone that's there except for his staff, they everyone takes off running when they see that it's a witch. And mm-hmm. basically the witch curses him and she turns him into a beast. She turns all of his servants into like objects. And mm-hmm. she tells the prince that rose that he rejected from her every time a petal falls, he's further away from the cure for the curse. So in order to break the curse, he has to find somebody that can look past his appearance and love him for who he is, Mm -hmm. which honestly, right now, that doesn't look like much, to be honest. (laughs) Like, yes. So that's our introduction to the beast and kind of his backstory and um, the founding fathers of this town. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, I would hope we all know the story of Beauty and the Beast. And this is... Almost exactly a live action remake of the original Disney movie mm-hmm. of Beauty and the Beast. It really starts the same with Belle. And, you know, she's going to go return her book, get a new one, and she's walking through town. And it's like a musical number. And let me tell you, I'm a slut for musicals. I don't know what it is with me, but I will t- I will avoid movies that have singing in it. I really don't like it. I don't like musicals in movies, but I tend to give it a pass when it's like a Disney movie because I get it. Disney movies always have music in it. And and usually, listen, mm-hmm. usually the songs in Disney movies are like bops. Oh, yeah. They slap. They slap for real. <laughs> oh, because they're in your head for fucking six days. So, okay, we get introduced to our heroine, Belle. She lives in a little provincial village in France. Mm hmm. The thing with Belle is that Belle is kind of an outcast in her village. 
people in this town kind of give Belle the side eye because they're like, look at that bitch that reads. <laughs> look at that literate bitch over there. She loves to read. She's always walking around with her nose in a book. And we get this musical number kind of explaining how Belle wants to get away. She she feels stuck mm-hmm. in her village. Yeah, she feels stuck in her village and she wants to get away. She doesn't seem to have any friends um, because her, her mother died when she was a baby. So it's just her and her dad, Maurice. Um, and Maurice is an artist slash clock maker. Uh-huh. I would think that the market for clocks would dry up very quickly in a tiny village. Like there come because how many clocks do you need when your house is like the size of just a small room? You probably just need one. Like he should be out of business at this point. Belle also has this suitor in town who's mm. Really trying hard. And his name is Gaston. And Gaston is throwing off a lot of, like, fuckboy energy. Oh, 100%. I mean, he's the hottest guy in town, which, like, listen, can't confirm because I was looking around and he is the hottest guy in town. Like, we we can't even front. You know, he is the hottest guy in town, but also all the other women in town are throwing themselves at him. And he just wants Belle. And I want to be like, why, though? Is it the chase? Is it because you can't have her? He explains why. He says Belle is the most beautiful girl, therefore she's the best. So to him, even though he's not that smart, you could tell there's an equation in his head where it's like, she's the prettiest, therefore she's the best one, and therefore I must have her. And she blows him off, though. She's like, all right, bye, gotta go. Uh, I'd rather die. I would rather be a homeless spinster than marry you. Yeah, and he's like, ha, 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 my baby's hard to get. <laughs> um, she definitely turns him down. So Belle's dad apparently goes on a trip every year to what he calls the market. So, mm-hmm. again, their village seems to be in the middle of nowhere. So I'm assuming he has to ride out se- several days to get supplies for the year. Like, it just seems weird. I think he goes and he, like, does some trading and some selling. Oh, and... OK. Oh, you know yeah. what? That actually makes sense. All right. So he goes. So he's leaving out to kind of probably sell his his clocks and paintings. That actually makes sense. Yeah. And he asked Belle, you know, what do you want? And she's like, just a single rose. He's like, you ask for that every year. She's like, and every year you bring me one. So, so it's kind of sweet. It's like they have this tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so it's so bizarre because, you know, this is obviously a trip that the dad makes every year. And yet he gets lost. <laughs> he gets lost. Well, no, there's wolves that like chase him off the path. And it's snowing and it's June. It's just, it's getting really weird really fast. It's getting really weird because when he takes this new road, he's kind of trans. It feels like he's entering a different realm because he went from summer to winter and yet he doesn't seem all that perplexed by it. He's just kind of mm. like, he's like, oh, it's snowing. Interesting. This is a crazy turn of events. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> the wolves come and like kind of chase him towards this castle in the middle of nowhere. And first of all, like nobody fucking noticed this ginormous fucking castle and estate. Like nobody. Right. Well, girl, it is the most terrifying freaking castle I've ever seen because it's nighttime and it's storming. And I'm just like, that's a whole lot of nope. Like it is. It is like evil Hogwarts. It looks terrifying. It does look like evil Hogwarts. Hogwarts is like evil twin Mogwarts. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways, 
first of all, the audacity of dad, I'm really digging because he rolls up to this castle and like kind of knocks and then kind of comes in and he's like, all right. Then he starts eating their food. Like the audacity of a white man to feel completely safe walking into this creepy ass castle. And he's just strolling through this damn castle. And then he he opens up a door and there's a dining room and there's a large table and there's food. And he's like, oh awesome i'm hungry like what yes oh my god what the hell dad has some audacity and yeah he just made himself at home in this (laughs) strange creepy place um and then he gets spooked by chip the teacup that talks right so you know obviously we know that all of the servants and people that worked in the castle they're now what did you call them? Animate objects? <laughs> yeah, they're animate objects. Okay. Um, I feel like I've never had to use that word because, you know, I never had an animate object. I've only had inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. As most of us have. I don't know why that was like such a good, such a light. That felt like a revelation. Like I've only had <laughs> inanimate objects. And you're like, yeah, like most people. If you've ever had an inanimate object that became animant, please let us know. Um, We're here for the tea. (laughs) Please uh, contact us at (laughs) 1-800-YOU-NEED-HELP. That's not a real number. (laughs) And if it is, it doesn't go to us. It doesn't go to us. It goes to hopefully, hopefully someone that will really help you. Yes. And so um, the teacup kind of scoots up to dad and is like, Mom told me not to talk to you or else you would get scared. And Maurice is like, oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, there's a he he runs out screaming as, yes. as anyone would if they saw a teacup talking to them. Mm-hmm. So he runs out screaming and he makes it out the castle. He gets on his horse. He starts riding out and then he passes this like this rose garden he's like, oh, fuck, I forgot the rose for Belle. Like, her dad just airport gifted her. No, but Courtney, (laughs) it's like, I know, right? Like, when you're on your way out and you're like, oh, man, let me just grab this. But again, the audacity of taking a rose from someone's garden, like, you don't do that. I mean, especially when it's this fucking creepy and they got talking shit. What if that rose was alive and was like, bitch, you just murdered me. (laughs) You just murdered me. (laughs) Um... I mean, I don't know. I just I, I I don't understand the um the logic of like you are escaping this terrifying magical castle, but you're gonna stop to get mm-hmm. a rose. Like you're stupid. And guess what? He gets man napped. He gets man napped by the beast. Because the beast is like he's hella dramatic, dude. He just like shows mm-hmm. up just like you thief. Yeah, and so he Obviously, he man-naps dad, and then the horse that her dad was riding shows up without dad back at the house. Well, the horse just nopes right on out of there and goes mm-hmm. all the way home back to Belle. So the second the horse gets back to Belle, she is terrified. She's like, where's dad? So she gets on the horse, and she rides the horse back because she knows something is wrong. Yeah, she, like, tells the horse, she's like, take me to him. And the horse is like, all right, you crazy-ass fucking white people. <laughs> <laughs> white women ain't scared of anything. Girl, that is lit- that is 
the thesis of this movie is white women are not scared of anything mm-hmm. except men. Yeah. And so the horse takes her back to the castle. You know, the doors kind of like open on their own, which first of all, like sketch, but what of? <laughs> and her dad is like in like an antechamber at the front of the house and like in a cage. Like there's just a casual prison cell. No, I yeah, I was like, who has a prison cell in their house? OK, no, she she finds that dad because she hears him coughing and he's in a, in a prison cell in like a tower adjacent to mm-hmm. the entrance. Um, So. You know, Belle is trying to get trying to get her dad out of this prison cell and the beast appears and he tells her, like, your father is a thief. Like he Uh he stole a rose from my garden and now he's a prisoner forever. Yeah. And she's like, first of all, no, she's like forever can wait a minute. Will you give me the chance to, you know, hug and kiss her father goodbye? Mm -hmm. Um, And so. He opens the door and he goes, once this door shuts again, it's not opening. Right. And so she goes in and she gives her dad a big hug. She yeets her dad out of the cell. Yeah. And locks it. And so the beast is like, oh, you're taking your dad's place. And she's like, yes, that's my father. That's what I would do for my dad. I'm like, "Uh, okay. Rose can't relate. (laughs) Uh, I can't relate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that horse would have came back with that Rose's dad and she'd have been like, yeah, that that's about right. <laughs> Rose's dad loved to get milk. Did Disney take the story of my life? <laughs> All right. All right. You know what? You know what? I feel personally attacked, but we're going to move on. Well, you know what? At least your mom is still here. Yeah. She's good. All these girls have present dads, but their moms are dead. So that is true. Yeah, that is very true. So um, dad gets on the horse and hauls ass back to town. And the beast is like, oh, okay, well. To bow. Yeah. You're my new prisoner now. Get comfortable. You will die here. Can I just say the beast is I mean, I feel like his staff is convincing him like, hey, this is our last chance to break the curse. And all you have to do is not be an asshole. Like, I don't know. Like, you have the upper hand here because she's your prisoner. She literally can't go anywhere. If you could just try to not be an asshole, maybe she can maybe like you. I don't know. what I don't know what they're thinking, dude. But they're they are girl bossing real close to the sun here trying to get this girl to even like this girl beast well honestly their lives are on the line like i can't blame them well yeah but girl the the beast is really crusty looking like he's wearing this like raggedy ass cloak and he looks like he smells like beef jerky and like moldy beans (laughs) no like for like don't you think so like he just looks so crusty he does look so crusty i wonder how many like sets of beast clothes he has you know well you could you could tell he has not been trying for like a while we don't know how long it's been since the curse but and honestly like he's let himself go a little bit not all of that extra weight is fluff you know (laughs) not all of it is hair some of it's probably a couple extra pounds yeah he's like depressed a little depressed a little depresso espresso so Belle is not prepared for the fact that there's a candlestick and there's a clock. He's a candelabra. A candelabra. Listen, sir, I'm going to call you candlestick if you don't mind, because I can't pronounce the other word. Lumiere. 
Lumiere um, scares the shit out of Belle. Like, she beats him with a, a freaking stool. Honestly, at this point, doesn't the stool turn out to be the dog? <gasps> no, no, no. It's a different stool. It's a different <laughs> okay. stool. I'm like, wait a minute. Did she beat him with the dog? <laughs> Belle is probably like, this is the best acid trip she has ever had in her life. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, she freaks out at first because the candlestick is talking to her. The candlestick, by the way, comes in clutch because he lets her out of her prison cell. Yeah. He's like, um... Yeah, all of that, this cell will not open again. He's like, he just likes the dramatics. We're here to take you to your room. And Cogsworth, the clock, is like, the fuck? Yeah, well, it just, it's it's funny because as terrifying as the beast is, like his staff, even though they are literal, like, candlesticks and clocks, they ain't scared of him. What the fuck is he going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, at this point, what the fuck are, what the fuck is the beast going to do? Yeah. So the the staff takes Belle up to her room. And let me just say, I mean, she says this too, but it is a gorgeous room. It is at, it the, is. To- it is at the top of probably the highest tower in the castle. It's like teal walls with gold trim, and it just looks so majestic. Listen, here's where I kind of have a problem. I, I, not a problem, but the armoire in her room, okay, is alive. Right, is a person. Is a person. Watching her sleep. Yeah, is Belle just supposed to, like, sleep and, like, get naked and undressed and stuff in front of this? That bitch can pop alive at any time and just be like, look at them titties. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually. No privacy. None. No. no. Uh, but that doesn't stop Belle from trying to escape the first thing she does is start tying shit together to make a to make a rope out the window hell yeah but girl there is not enough fabric or you know sheets because she's on top of the highest tower so i mean she keeps trying to tie she's tying everything she can find but Mm -hmm. she's, she's not getting out of there it's too high up and so the beast who hasn't really had any outside interaction for a minute essentially is like have dinner with me. Like, he just, like, pounds on the door, like, bitch, dinner. Girl, he says, you'll join me for dinner. That's not a request. Belle's honestly ready to yeet herself out the fucking window before she has dinner with this dude. Well, she rejects him, and this is kind of, honestly, the first red flag since he became a beast. Well, maybe not the first red flag. The first red flag is him being a drama queen and imprisoning someone for taking a flower. But the fact that he has a total meltdown when Belle says she won't have dinner with him. Yeah, he's like, you can either eat with me or you can starve. And he just storms off, just throwing things. And it's like, girl, he is a child. Like, what is wrong with this man? Absolutely um, but they feed Belle anyways, the the household staff. They feed Belle anyways, and the Beast is like, you fucking fed her? Yeah. So there's two strategies here. Like, the staff is trying to be nice to Belle, which is working. Like, they're just, they're trying to um, woo her, right? By showing her this beautiful, magical lifestyle of having Aunt animate objects (laughs) do Uh everything for you and then the beast is like no we should be strong arming her into doing what we want like he's obviously still an asshole like btw like he's an asshole yeah 
Well, and they kind of hint that his dad was an asshole and his dad raised him to be a tiny asshole just like him. It's just that thing. And well, I have a note about it for later, but like every insufferable asshole in a movie has like some sob story about how his dad was an asshole. And it's just like, cry me a fucking river. You know what I mean? Listen, just go binge eat Taco Bells and cry like the rest of us. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ. You are not fucking special. Jesus. Okay. Anyways, you know, Belle, meanwhile, is here in this like acid trip of a house, <laughs> um, getting fed by candelabras and drinking out of a teacup that talks. Like you're <laughs> sipping his brains. Yes. But whatevs. Um, essentially, dad gets back to the village and just busts into the tavern and goes straight to Gaston. Mm-hmm. Like, Gaston, the beast, the beast has taken Belle. You know, she's a prisoner. I need your help. And they're in the middle of another musical number, you know, the... Listen, is Gaston an asshole? Yes. Is no one drinks like Gaston? No one. Is that, is that, you know, does that kind of like slap? Yeah. Like, I, (laughs) is that also true? Yes. And Gaston's like, ha ha, my future father-in-law, my future wife is in danger. Of course I'll go find her. But he also thinks Maurice is fucking crazy. Well, when, when Maurice, who's the dad, when Maurice walks into the tavern and tells everybody that a beast stole his daughter and that there's talking teacups and shit, no one believes him. But I think Gaston is like, he's just kind of bored. And he, I think really he wants to get on Maurice's good side. So he's like, all right, I'll entertain like your craziness. Like, well, sure. Yeah, because this is still a time frame where if he gets on Maurice's good side, Maurice could force Belle to marry him. Right. So Gaston... Is like, fine, take me, you know. So they go off looking for the castle. Meanwhile, in the castle, uh, Belle is being kind of dined and wined by the servants. Uh And, I mean, imagine trying to eat and someone's putting on like a Broadway show and won't let you eat. Yeah, Belle's being wined and dined by the staff, you know, that Be Our Guest song. So that's about where we are in the movie, the Be Our Guest. Well, and I feel like that is, mm, that's probably the second best musical number. I think the first one is the Gaston, like no one drinks that. That's my favorite one. But yeah. And you know, Gaston's such a more toxic person when he's a real live human. Yeah. I don't know. Just the douchiness is so much more real. The guy who they got to play guest on. Yeah. So much more palpable. Throw the whole man away. Gaston's also a really bad dude because when he kind of starts to realize that maybe this search is going nowhere, Belle's probably back at the house. Like, this is dumb. And dad's refusing to leave to go back to the village with them. He ties dad up. And just, like, throws him away in the forest. He ties Dad to a tree and leaves him there knowing that there are wolves. And he literally says to his little sidekick, he says, when the wolves eat him, Belle won't have anyone but me. Yeah, because she can't own property. She's going to lose her house. Gaston is probably still living in, like, the garage at his parents' house, you know? <laughs> Oh, God, he's a four, but he is uh, he works out a lot and uh, lives in his parents' basement. He's a he's he's nine, Mm -hmm. but he's an asshole. Yeah. And he still lives with his mom and dad and he won't take no for an answer. Yeah. Um, 
Belle asks the animate objects, the servants, she's like, why are you guys being so nice to me? You know, is is the beast keeping you prisoner too? And um, the teapot lady tells her, like, the master is not as terrible as he appears. And I'm like, no, I, hang on. Hang on. I, I think he is. Like, he... He he's as terrible as he appears. Like, like, listen, people are like icebergs, you know, whatever you see is just the tip of what's actually there. So he's at least <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> he's at least like like the minimum is he's as terrible as he appears. You know, I. OK, so perhaps she shouldn't have been like, he's not as terrible as he appears. Be like. Yeah, he got cursed and now his therapist can't come anymore. You know, like make it like he at least tried. Yeah. Or be like, yeah, like, you know, we ran out of Lexapro and everyone forgot this castle existed. So, you know, once he's back on his meds, he'll be perfect. Like, make it believable, okay? Don't be like, oh, yeah, he's not all that he seems. Like, the asshole thing is just a facade. For what? Bullshit. For um, what? <laughs> So Belle, um, kind of in all her white lady audacity, she goes to the west wing of the castle, which, to be fair, no one explicitly told her she couldn't go to the west wing. They just kind of mentioned it in passing and then quickly pretended it didn't exist. Well, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, you're free to roam except for the west wing. Actually, that doesn't exist. The west yeah, wing doesn't exist. We don't have we don't have the west wing. Just... The east wing or the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and but honestly, like, tell her something. Be like, oh, yeah, that's where his parents' ashes are. Or, mm -hmm. like, give her a reason. Don't be like, just stay out of there. It's like in Harry Potter where they're like, don't go to the third floor corridor. Why the fuck not? Guess where the fuck I'm going? The third floor <laughs> corridor. <laughs> well, actually, to, you know, to Dumbledore's credit, he does say the third door corridor is out of limits to anyone who does not wish to die a most painful death. Like, I don't know. That is, I mean, if they would have said that to Bao, I bet she would have listened. Like, probably. The West Wing is out of limits unless you want to die a most painful death. But in any case, the West Wing is basically the master suite. That's, that's where mm -hmm. the Beast's room is. So essentially, he was like, stay out of my room. Yeah, just stay out of his room. Listen, is this bitch not scared of this freaking, of this beast? White women ain't scared of shit. <laughs> okay. Um. So she goes to the West Wing and she sees the rose and she's looking at it and the beast walks in on her and he flips his shit. Girl, well, she's looking at the rose and she almost touches it. And remember, mm -hmm. this rose, I mean, he has it encased in glass because he he's trying to protect it. Because if that last petal falls, they are stuck the way that they are in the curse. And so mm -hmm. when he sees her trying to touch it, he loses it and he yells at her. And I'm just, I mean, this is the point I got. I got flashbacks to A Court of Thorns and Roses, which is based mm -hmm. on Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And, and, and I'm just like, sir. Is it really that serious? Like, fuck. Sir, you're being hysterical right now. Like, I can't. I can't talk to you when you're this emotional. Sir, calm down. Like he was really, really over the top. Like honestly, if a woman, if a woman would have had the tantrum that he had, 
they would have been like, that's why women can't be in politics. That's why women can't run the country. Right. But it's but it's men kind of throwing these hezzy fits. Because anger is not an emotion, Rose. Remember? God. Irrational, over-the-top anger is obviously not an emotion. It's just mm-hmm. masculinity. <laughs> yeah. Just masculinity. So Belle freaks out when he freaks out on her and she just fucking leaves. She's like, fuck this prisoner shit. Well, because he says to her, get out. And she takes it serious. I mean, she's smart, right? Like she saw that loophole where he said, get out. And she was like, you got it. And she took (laughs) it as an invitation to fucking leave the whole ass castle. And she's like, I'm gone, bitch. Bye. Yeah, she gets on the horse and she tries to leave, but again, the wolves. Right. So she gets, she makes it to the woods and then the wolves, which like, these are some hungry ass wolves. Um, they've been dying for some food since her dad was out there and they're still hungry. Is there nothing else in the woods? There must be nothing else in these fucking woods. Eat a rabbit. Fuck. But... The beast goes after her and she gets cornered by the wolves and then the beast saves her. And in the process of saving her, he gets attacked by the wolves. He's injured. And instead of just leaving, she feels like now it's her responsibility to take care of him. She feels like she owes him. And I like, listen, if my kidnapper saves my life from a situation he caused by kidnapping me, I don't think mm-hmm. that counts. Like, honey, like, sir, I know you're wounded. I will be back with the authorities. Like, wait right here. Yeah. Well, she takes him back up to the castle, and it looks like he's unconscious for a couple days. How serious was this, like, wolf attack? Like, it's I don't know. Kinda... She's, like, checking his temperature and everything and, like, waiting for him to wake up. And when he finally does wake up, he's, like, gaslighting her into thinking this is all her fault. Like, no, you saved me from escaping a situation you caused and got injured. That is not my fault. Like, it's the gaslighting for me. Right. But, yeah, I mean, she is nursing him back to health. And it just, at this point, it's giving Stockholm Syndrome. Like, mm-hmm. she she could have left, you know? Like, the, the beast that's imprisoning her. Like, really, honestly, the moment she brought him back to the castle, she could have dipped. She could have been like, he's going to be fine. Like, he's not going to freaking die. He has a wound on his back. Like, bitch, he'll, he's going to be okay. Like, I'm sure he's up to date on his shots. Yeah. Like, he's, it's... He's got a candlestick and a couple clocks and a stool to take care of him. Like, just go home. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, But... She's like reading out loud and she mm-hmm. she quotes Romeo and Juliet and he's like, oh, of course you're a Shakespeare fan. Romeo and Juliet is awful. And she's like, oh, you're going to sit here and lecture me about my taste in books. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, let me show you something. And he takes her to the library. And this is where she's like, wait a minute. Maybe I don't want to leave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, because back. Remember, Belle is a huge bookworm. And back in her village, there was no access to books. She had read all 10 books that were available in her village. And now the beast takes her to this giant library. And yeah, you could see in her face. I feel like it would have made more sense if she would have seen the library before she decided to stay because I would have been like, oh, that makes sense. She's staying for the library, but she doesn't see it until after she like healed him. Right. But then I think all her entire will to like escape disappeared when he showed her this library full Mm -hmm. of a thousand, like thousands of books. She's like, oh, hold on. I got to read these first and then I'll go. 
Like, I got to read some of these first. And he's like, well, if you love it so much, you can have it. I know. Literally, he's like, if you love it so much, it's yours. I'm like, thank you. Uh, how do I take this gigantic? How do I do you have a wheelbarrow? Like, how do I carry all these back to my village? <laughs> can I get a U-Haul up in here? Um... <laughs> Bell gets some backstory from the, you know, the servants and she asked them about the flower and they tell her like there's a curse and when the last petal falls we're all going to be stuck like this well they don't tell her how to break the curse no they don't tell her how to break it which i guess is part of the curse that they can't say it i would imagine because otherwise it'd be stupid for them not to be like i would guilt her into falling in love with him like you could yeah. you could guilt me into falling in love with someone if you told me like all these people who have been so nice to you are going to be stuck as inanimate objects if you don't fall in love with this dude. This child over here, Chip, this little teacup, uh-huh. he's going to die a teacup. <laughs> and it's going to be your fault, you yeah. selfish bitch. She wants to help them, but she doesn't know how because they can't tell her. They do a little montage and y'all know we love a good montage. They show us a series of scenes of the Beast and Belle connecting and getting closer. Yeah. You know, they go outside and she's teaching him how to pet a horse. Mm-hmm. And there's a snowball fight. Well, I say fight. She throws a normal-sized snowball at him. Mm-hmm. And then he throws a bowling ball-sized <laughs> snowball directly at her face. Knocking her out. <laughs> yes. And, you know, it shows her going through the library and just stacking book upon book upon book. Like, here, take these. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it shows her getting comfortable with him. Yeah, I mean, so they have dinner together. They go for walks. And I gotta be honest, like, the Beast is looking kind of cute at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it looks like he's been taking baths. It looks like he's a little (laughs) groomed. He's not yeah. wearing his raggedy-ass cloak. Like, he's kind of trying. Yeah, he's kind of trying. And you have to give him credit because it's probably been a minute since he's had human interaction, you mm-hmm. know? Around this time where we see the, them connecting, there's another musical number, which um, she sings, like, there's something sweet and almost kind. Uh-huh. And I felt like it's every woman in a toxic relationship, like gaslighting herself into thinking the guy's not so bad. Uh, yeah, like he showed the smallest bit of human decency and she's like, oh my God, he's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Is he Prince Charming? <laughs> like, oh my God, he didn't scream at me today. Right. I think I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, basically. Oh, my God. Belle and the Beast, they kind of talk about how they they want to get away. And it's kind of implied that the Beast can't really leave his castle grounds. Uh-huh. And so he tells her, like, let me show you something. He has this magical book that the witch gave him. Uh-huh. And he opens it. And he, he has to blow dust off of it because I don't think he's ever opened it before. <laughs> yeah. And on it is a world map, but it's moving. There's like mm-hmm. shooting stars and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, my God, it's magical. Mm-hmm. And he puts he's like, you can go anywhere you want to go. And so he puts her hand on it. And it's like, think about somewhere you want to go, somewhere you've always wanted to go. And she ends up going back to the little apartment that her parents had when she was born, you know, where her parents met and fell in love. 
This is her parents' old flat in Paris. And essentially, she wanted to go here because Belle doesn't know what happened to her mom, which honestly is kind of fucked up. Like, her dad never told her what happened to her mom. Yeah, her dad's always been super sketch about exactly how her mom died. And at this point, you know, the Beast finds a plague doctor mask. Right. And he's like, she probably died from the plague. Right. Because so uh, the little flat is obviously abandoned, but it still has all of Belle's family old shit in it. It's like no one. I mean, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Do you know how much rent you could be charging for this like 100 square foot like apartment? (laughs) Abandoned apartments in this economy? (laughs) Abandoned apartment in Paris in this economy? I don't think so. But I mean, I guess it's good that it's all like still left the way her dad left it because... I have um, a question. Yeah. Who came and got her mom's body? I don't know, girl. Somebody obviously got it because the mom's body is no longer there. Imagine how traumatic that would have been, though, if Belle would have gone back to this little apartment and her mom's body was still there. Did she check the bed, though? Oh, my God, Courtney. (sighs) What? I'm just saying it's not unreasonable to think her mom's dead corpse is still there. It's not unreasonable, but it it is a Disney movie. So I think uh, this is an acceptable plot hole. Like, I accept not needing to know what happened to the mom's body because it's too horrific. <laughs> Anyways, um, she gets really emotional. She tells the beast, she's like, let's go home. Yeah. Like, I, I want to leave. And then I guess to cheer her up, he's like, let's have a dance tonight. Let's have a ball. Oh, my God. Yes. So we have the iconic yellow dress scene in mm-hmm. the ballroom. And, girl, at this point, the Beast is looking really cute. Mm-hmm. They, um, they did his hair. He has a little ponytail. He has some man bun that he could definitely put. <laughs> he has some man bun potential. All right. He brushes his teeth. Yes. He's wearing, like, a little prince outfit, his little tail sticking out. What'd that tail do, though? What'd that tail do, bro? <laughs> Listen, I... At this point, I've realized something, and it's like things are only weird for a little bit, and then we get used to it. Yeah, things are only weird for a little bit. Like, imagine if your husband was turned into a beast. Like, I think for a few months it would be, like, awkward getting used to, but then after a while it'll be business as usual. Like, I feel like our brains do backflips to make our reality normal, no matter how weird it is. Like business as usual, even like naughty business. Girl, I think he would be like, no, this is fine. This is this is what I want. It's fine. I'm I can't fine. do it. Everything's fine. <laughs> I can't do it. Anyways, while all this is happening, while they get ready for the dance, dad returns to the village and he's in the tavern and he tells everybody that Gaston tied him to a tree and left him to die. Yeah. Well, I mean, Gaston does what he does best, and he gaslights the entire village into thinking that Maurice is crazy and that he's a danger to his to himself and others. And they essentially, like, you know, they believe Gaston. Um, because to be fair, Maurice's story is pretty crazy, that Gaston tied him to the tree because he didn't want to go get his daughter from the beast and the talking teacups. It does sound really outlandish. So they have the um they have the madhouse come pick Maurice up. 
Mm-hmm. Well, let's um let's go back f- to the ballroom dance because I don't want to skim over the fact that Belle and the Beast have this very romantic dance. Like it really is yes. this beautiful romantic moment for them. Is it yeah. bestiality? Y- yes. But also it's like sweet bestiality. Okay. I'm uncomfy. <laughs> it's the dark side of disney it's Um, the dark side of disney okay you know we're gonna yes they have a very sweet um and romantic night you know she you can tell that you know she's really like falling for the man that the beast is you know Mm -hmm. Belle tells the beast even though she's starting to get more comfortable in the castle she tells the beast like she really misses her dad and so the beast at this point, he doesn't want to let her go. So I think he thinks if she can see her dad living his normal life, like she would feel more comfortable. Yeah. He says, can you be happy here? She goes, can anybody really be happy if they're not free? Right. And so he's like, OK, compromise. You can see your dad in this mirror. When Belle sees her dad in the mirror, mm-hmm. She sees him being stuffed into the back of the mental hospital wagon. Yeah. And she's like, my dad, he's in trouble. And the beast is like, go, go, go get your dad. First green flag of the whole movie is the beast, like without a second's hesitation, letting Belle go after seeing how close he was because she was starting to fall for him. And she is his last chance to break the spell, and he is letting her go to go save her dad. Yeah, he's like, just go. Go get your dad. And she goes to hand it back the mirror, and he's like, no, take it with you so you can see me, you know? And so she takes the mirror, gets on a horse, and she must not be that far away, to be honest, because she shows up before the madhouse wagon even takes off. Yeah. And she tries to set the record straight. In order to prove that her dad's not crazy, she asked the mirror to show her the beast so she could show everyone. Like, she's just trying to let her dad go, but it kind of backfires. Yeah. Um, and Gaston essentially said, like, Gaston's like, oh, no, she's under the beast's dark magic thrall, you know, because she's like, he's kind. Like, he's not he would not hurt any of you. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, this is magic. Do you realize how easy back then it would have just been like. She's a witch. She's a witch. This is just dark magic. Mm-hmm. By the way, the the beast is howling in pain in the mirror, which I thought was kind of funny because he knows that Belle has the mirror and he let her take it so that she could check in on him. And then he's sitting at home howling in pain. And I'm like, was maybe he, a- he stubbed his toe. <laughs> But, you know, this is the impression that the villagers get is that there's this angry beast. And so obviously Gaston is like, we need to go kill this beast. And, you know, Belle's like, no, 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 no. Unnecessary. (laughs) And so then they're like, put her, take her too. She's crazy and under a magical thrall. Mm -hmm. And then as Gaston's looking in through the back of the wagon, he's like, agree to marry me and I'll let you go. Mm hmm. And she's like, oh, I'd rather die. I'd rather you murder him than marry you. <laughs> yeah, she's like, it's fine. Go kill the beast. Um, I'm good. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit this one out. <laughs> yeah, and so he Gaston essentially forms this mob 
of mm-hmm. angry villagers to go storm the beast's castle. Can I just say, though, these villagers go to... The, first of all, they have no problem finding this castle that this whole time has been right outside of their village and no one has ever found. So they find it in like five minutes. But mm-hmm. then also, the castle front doors have no lock because the freaking appliances and like knickknacks are trying to block the door. <laughs> from t- I'm like, you guys have yeah. no lock on the door? And they tell the beast, they're like, um, sir, he's like, she's not coming back, is she? And they're like, probably not. However, um, <laughs> angry mob here to murder you. Right. Um, and the beast is like, nah. He doesn't care at this point because the last petal is about to fall. And so he's just like, it doesn't matter. And so this mob breaks in and the household appliances and, you know, furniture <laughs> is like, I think the fuck not. The staff is like going balls to the walls to like yeah defeat this mob. It's like armchairs and coat hangers and pianos and armoires like fighting people. And these yeah. villagers are not like... They're not spooked. They're not spooked, dude. If there was like an armoire coming... Like armoires are huge. Like I am scared of my inanimate armoire falling on me, let alone it like way, like coming at me. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Like I would be fucking scared. Yeah. Now I... I would have questions. Like, first of all, like, if household furniture was moving towards me to fight me, I would piece the fuck out of that. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't fucking think so. And so the beast is, like, at the top of a tower, okay? Just kind of watching all this happen. First of all, like, sir, shouldn't you be down there fighting? hmm But whatever. And Gaston finds him. Gaston's armed with a gun, and he's like, hello, beast. You know, and he's just, like, douchebagging it up. I kind of call bullshit on the fact that, like, number one, is Gaston really in that good of a shape that he climbs stairs to the tallest tower of And he's this- not even panting? He's not even out of breath. Yeah, no, I, again, I call bullshit that Gaston found him so quickly and then also was not even panting after climbing that tower. Like, sir... Everyone's panting after they climb that tower. Okay. Yeah. Bullshit. I, I don't buy it. Bell happens to show up at about the same time. Yeah, there's a fight that's just not believable to me because the beast is like over seven and a half feet tall and like Gaston is like maybe six one. And the beast is like swole. Like he's, he's buff. He's big. Yeah. And while Gaston is fit, Gaston's not beast fit, you know? Yeah. The beast is kind of just like Spider-Man jumping from rooftop to rooftop, pulling off all these fucking shingles. Mm-hmm. And he's already been shot once. And I want to be like, who the fuck's going to clean that up? Do you realize what kind of fucking like roof and interior damage that's going to cause? Yeah. Like, who even built this shit? Like, are there ladders that tall? Are those 30-year shingles or are those like 150-year shingles? Because I don't think insurance is going to cover this. You should really look into like metal roofing, to be honest. (laughs) So, you know, Gaston and the Beast, they get into this altercation that that honestly, it shouldn't have even lasted a second because the Beast should have been able to to just punch Gaston right off the edge of that tower. Uh Uh-huh. But instead, it turns into like an actual fight. And so at one point, you know, Belle's screaming for the beast, you know, to watch out. The beast gets Gaston by the neck. Mm-hmm. And he's like holding him over the side. Right. And Gaston's like, don't drop me. Beast, don't drop me. And 
Beast is like, I am not a beast. Well, first of all, you are, though. Yeah, like, but like you are. Like you are, though. He doesn't want to be a beast right now. Right. And so he throws Gaston onto like a bridge or whatever. He basically spares Gaston's life. Yeah. And then he goes and he jumps over to Belle and she's like, oh, my God, like, I came to save you. I tried to stop them. <laughs> and then Gaston just gets up on this bridge and fucking papows, um, you know, puts two in the beast's back. Yeah, what a coward. He shoots the beast in the back and then the beast, mm-hmm. like, falls off the freaking tower? No, he falls into, like, a room. He falls into the room where the rose is. Very convenient, very convenient. Very convenient, but then also convenient, the bridge beneath Gaston collapses, Mm. and he dies. I hate when the bad guy is killed accidentally in a morally neutral way. Like, no, I want the bad guy to be killed in cold blood by the good guy. I really wish Belle would have just found a gun and just shot Gaston off the bridge. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Like it's just something about the good the good guys just having their hands so clean that the bad guy just dies accidentally on their own. Like that annoys me. And here's the thing, never spare the bad guy's life. Don't do it. Anyway, it's very sad. It's it's so this is a very tragic turn of events because the beast is now bleeding to death as the castle is crumbling, as the last petal is falling. I mean, like, all yeah. hope is lost. Yeah, so the villagers have essentially cleared out of the house once they realized they were losing. Mm-hmm. They're like, fuck this shit. They cleared out. But then Lumiere and Cogsworth and Mrs. Potts and Chip they're all starting to lose their humanity. Mm-hmm. They're all starting to permanently turn into just household objects. Yeah. You know, and they say their quick goodbyes to everybody. It's so sad. I don't know why this is like the most heartbreaking scene I've seen in a long I time. Know. The beast eyes are wide open. He's dead. The last rose petal falls. She's crying over his body. And then the the witch, the enchantress, shows up. Mm-hmm. And... She sees Belle crying and, you know, Belle is stroking the beast's face. And she's like, I love you. And then the enchantress is like, uh, close enough. And so she breaks the curse. I don't know, man. I need the backstory of this witch because, you know, she obviously set the prince up for failure in the very beginning. But then also she didn't even stick to her promise of like when the last petal falls, that's the end. Like the last petal fell and she still like was like, oh, you know what? you know, forget what I said, and she rewinded time so well, the pedal yeah. came back up. Well, I think maybe she wasn't clear. She didn't say you have to get somebody to admit love to you. You just have to get somebody to love you. So, like, maybe that's, like, the loophole. Yeah, maybe Belle fell in love with him before the last pedal fell. Yeah. And she just didn't say it out loud. Yeah, you need to be more careful, like, with... Your demands, you know, you can't just say fall in love with you. Listen, this is my recommendation. If if an enchantress curses you, get that shit in writing. Okay, I want you to get that shit in writing. I want you to send it to her via DocuSign to initial next to all of the important, Mm -hmm. you know, deadlines. I'm a realtor. Take my advice. Um, And and I would also (laughs) like you to find your own enchantress to look it over for loopholes. 
Yes, you know? oh my God. No, it's so true because, I mean, who knows what other loopholes there would have been, you know? It just so happened this loophole worked in their advantage, but there could have been other loopholes that, like, fucked them over mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, you'll go back, but you'll never be normal. Like, you're always going to have a tail. Or, like, for every pedal that falls, one of your staff members stays a clock forever, you know? Oh, my God. So the Beast and everybody else in the house, all the staff members, are returned to their human forms. It is this really beautiful scene because a lot of the staff members are, like, there's, like, the teapot and the cup are mother and child, and Mm -hmm. there's, like, two couples also that are part of the main staff, and it's really sweet. The beast turns back into a man, and uh, let me just say, you know, the beast was, like, over seven feet tall, and this new guy is, you know, he's he's a little more, uh, you know, attainable. He's not so high up there. So they have their first kiss, and it's a little easier for her. Yeah, it's a little easier for her. Um, and, you know, he's like, oh, my God. I it's kind of just assumed that she's going to be staying at the castle, you know? Yeah, they don't really have a conversation about it, but Mm-mm. it is it is assumed. Are you just moving your new girlfriend into your bedroom? Is she keeping her own room? Like, is she going back to live with her dad and just visiting? Like, do you guys have separate wings of the castle? <laughs> there's there a lot of questions. Um, there's a beautiful ball um, at the end, like this big dance. Mm-hmm. And they don't say it's a wedding, but it looks like a wedding. There's a lot of white decoration. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're supposed to assume that the prince is a good person now because of he's dressed in bright baby blue. Um, I'm sorry, but like, where did all of his temper go? Where did all of his like dramatics go? Like, I again, tip of the iceberg. I think he is as terrible as he seemed. All of the fur is gone, so he's probably not as hot, like <laughs> physically hot. Temperature wise, as he was, maybe he was just hot the whole time. He was just really irritated. <laughs> the heat. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. I think he's toxic as fuck, and I think she is gonna end up leaving him because he's gonna start throwing furniture and like not not able to pick it up because he's not as strong. Let's hope that his therapist and his medication regimen is back in check now. Oh, you know what? I forgot about that. No, you're right. Yeah, maybe it's fine. Maybe it's fine. Uh, but you know what? If it's not, um, Belle is a self-sufficient, headstrong bitch. She can leave. Yeah. Well, when like when they're dancing at their like wedding or whatever, she's like, how would you feel about growing a beard? Because you know she missed that, that beach fur, that beast fur on his face. I just don't see where the prince learned his lesson. Because here's the thing, right? If the prince was the vain one, who needed to learn a lesson, how did we teach him a lesson by having him fall in love with the most beautiful girl in the village? Exactly. No, like like we said before, he should have had to fall in love with a beast. Right. With a little, with, with like a ferret. <laughs> like that would be like his only way. And can you imagine the hypocrisy? Like he is a beast and he would look at this ferret and he'd be like, gross, you're so hairy. That's so not feminine, you know? <laughs> like maybe if you shaved your little ferret body, I would be attracted to you. <laughs> so yeah, that is a huge plot hole where it's like he supposedly mm-hmm. learned his lesson by falling in love with this beautiful girl. Like, no. 
All right, guys. So that is the end. Um, the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry. More is brewing in on the way. We'll be back next week with a new episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.